are live. It's episode 38 of the Pit Boss Podcast, and it is a pleasure to have Rod Merritt, EiderPro.com, coming. I'm going to butcher the name of your town, so I'll let you say. Uh, it's Machias. Uh, East, right? East Machias. That's yeah. right. East Machias. I was talking to uh, Jeff Wood uh, yesterday. He's from PEI, and, and we were talking talking about your area and i said man it's just it is beautiful i've uh well i've only been driven usually i cut across route nine from bangor over but man to take to take route one up your coastline is beautiful yeah route nine when you go across there you're only about 25 minutes from the lodge you're you're right in my neighborhood you pass through washington county which is the actual county we're in when you when you go route nine gotcha, so you gotcha. probably cross you probably cross california don't you yes no, yeah, no, it's, no, 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 Saint, Saint, um, Saint Andrew, Saint Stevens, you Saint go Stephen. Canada, but on the um, on the U.S. side's Calus. That's that's right in that county. Okay, copy, copy. Yeah, I've um, I usually, I guess there's two crossings. I usually hit the one that's kind of, I guess, north of town or just outside town. Yeah. There, yeah, the new one out by the rotary. Yeah, 100. percent Yeah, yeah, that's been uh, I don't know. It's um, well, I'm gonna get off topic. I'm gonna get off topic. So. First off, because I will get off topic. I got to reel myself back in already. I've drank too much coffee and diet Mountain Dew today, I guess. But, Rod, tell us who you are. I know who you are. Tell everyone who you are. Please. Please. Uh, uh, most people refer to me as Captain Rod in the in the waterfowl industry. I uh, am the uh, owner and the captain, the primary captain for uh, Idaho Pro Outfitters. And uh, I also fish uh, uh, kayak tournaments. Uh, uh, for Johnson Outdoors and Old Town uh, Canoe and Kayak. Uh, so I'm kind of an outdoors guy, main state guide and and uh, guide moose hunts. I spent a good part of my, my life uh, in the outdoors, either on the water or in the woods. Very nice. So the, the waterfowl hunting, EiderPro.com, right? That's correct. That's correct. And the, the name says it all, right? Yeah, yeah it does. The, uh, uh, yeah, we got uh, the fortunate location that we're right on that uh, U.S. New Brunswick border, like uh, you were saying. And, and so we kind of get that first flight of, of eiders and we're far enough north. So, uh, you know, we have resident eiders and we have uh, uh, migrating eiders. So it, it was logical to, to emphasize the eiders. They're not the only sea duck or duck we have, but it's kind of one of our specialties. And, your service you offer is a, a full service, the hunt and lodging, the, the the entire package, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it, well, and and it's a whole lot different than the opportunities you have down with 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 the R operation. You know, whistle remote that uh, it's kind of not really logical to to do day hunts up here. We do three day packages, and and you know, people eat main lobsters, and we spoil them. And my wife has become really quite popular as far as her homemade blueberry pies and raspberry pies so that's <laughs> that's kind of it's through necessity that we're that we're a lodge and and it's kind of fun to to get to know the guys a little bit better because uh, you get to spend time in the lodge with them so over the years the sea duck season bag limit is it's really changed a lot hasn't it yeah i, I mean i i grew up in this part of the, the world and and I remember when there was massive limits and, and, uh, you know, things have slowly, uh, changed, uh, the whole, the whole board has changed, but really the, uh, the limit 
in, in its recent years have gone down. It really hasn't changed the fun though. Uh, the sport has changed, but the guys are having just as much fun, the camaraderie, and you still get a fair amount of shooting out there. Uh, I, I, I know you, you can uh, kind of sympathize with, with the guys trying to get the uh, perspective of distance and, and speed on the, on the ocean. Sometimes it takes them a little while to, to catch up with the birds. So they, they usually, unless they're an experienced waterfowl guy, takes them a few shots to, to get that lead down. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Rewinding back to the the big limits. I mean, I can remember ads. I guess like in Wildfowl Magazine, like man, main main guides were like advertising like a, a 21, 21 bird limit kind of thing because all all oh, the different all the different species were broke up, right? Yeah, and it, it was it was incredible. You know, in the day, uh, it's it's like I said, it's changed the the industry from our standpoint as far as bringing hunters to us and but the but it also has, has changed the sport of the thing it's kind of i think it's transitioned to more of a trophy hunt and the guys doing something special and and you still can get that nice moaner bird and uh, enjoy the the time on the ocean uh, i agreed agreed on that for sure um your your style uh well not, not your style of hunting but your clientele basically are it's the, is the majority collectors then I can assume from what you just said? Yeah, I get a very large uh, uh, majority of collectors. I mean, we, we do have the guys that just come up, family group that want to shoot some birds, want to eat some birds, uh, but there's a lot of collectors nowadays. I think, I think that group has definitely increased. People that are being really selective want that mature bird with really good plumage. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's been the biggest change as far as the clientele. But I, I would have to say it isn't only waterfowl. I mean, you think about it. Back in the day, a guy goes out and shoots any buck that's out there was your whitetail hunt. Now you see more and more guys taking and, and uh, uh, being real selective on what they get. They want that one for the wall. And, and, and that, that mentality, I think, has stayed with, with both the, the, uh, the, the big game industry and the uh, uh, sport and the waterfowl. Uh, I don't know if you agree with that, but it, it, that's how I see it. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's, um, I guess, you know, nothing, and I, I hate to be like the old guy, but mm -hmm. I just, maybe, you know, when I was 30 or younger, I didn't realize it, but 30 and older, maybe even into the 40s, like everything is relative. I think and that's what I really mm -hmm. kind of say today. Everything's relative. What, what you've done, what I've done, what I haven't done, what you haven't done, um, like i mean here's a good example and do you, are you big into do you take seafood for granted oh absolutely okay absolutely so we live where it is like you guys with the crabs that's what the lobsters well that and that's what that's so so we love karen and i love seafood we eat seafood a lot sitting here, right here on the water it's all that's it's it's about seafood but it's just not <clears throat> excuse me again i guess i guess i kind of do take it for granted you know in a way get somebody from Ohio, man. Like the first thing they want, where, where can we go get crabs? Where can we get, where can we get clams? Where can where you have oyster here? Oh my goodness. You know, the kind of thing. Right. And you know, fresh they're there. It's relative. What is considered to be fresh to them and what would be fresh to me or you. Right. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's funny. You see the guys and, and you must see it down there. Guys that travel from other parts of the country, Midwest or whatever, they come and hunt with you. Uh, you know, you get them out there and they actually see where these crabs are coming from, see the commercial guys doing it. And, 
you know, I, I do it. And, and one of my captains, uh, uh, Captain Robinson, he has a lobster boat. Uh, most of the guys uh, in recent years, we had an opportunity to go on the lobster boat, you know, if they want, when we pick up the fresh lobsters for the lodge, I, I get them to see where these things come from. I mean, it's, uh, and, and, and I, it, it shocks me. It used to shock me more than it does now how interested they are in that because it is so foreign and we take it for granted. And again, gets back to my point is like, everything's relative, right? That's what's, what's, I mean, I, and I, I went to St. Paul Island to shoot King Eider. I had more, well, can't say more fun, but I enjoyed, I, I, I was a big fan of deadliest catch and I, to go down and actually be able to get on these boats and see where, you know, just, we got to go through the processing plan. It was just, it was, it wasn't, that was a, as every bit as, uh, enjoyable and and memorable as shooting King Eider and Harlequin. So it's just it is it is kind of funny, you know. I'll, I'll go down a little side path. Do it. It, it, but but it, uh, I doing the the uh, the kayak thing. I uh, fished in the, the the kayak classic, which is in conjunction with with the big one uh, with the big boats. And and I met one some of the gentlemen from Swamp People, and then developed this friendship and and. It, it, they were amazed at the things that I was interested in seeing, but then I found out how little time uh, some of those characters had spent up in my area, if, if any at all. And and they were trying to talk me into going out catching some of those big snakes. And I'm like, uh, I'm not interested. And yeah. then I told them that we'd take the big old 32 foot duck water and take it out and, and mm -hmm. we'd, we'd go whale watching and be, you know, up close and personal with the whales. They'll swim right by us. And, and, uh, and, and they were equally as a, uh, uh, apprehensive as I was about the snakes, so it was it, it was kind of fun. It, it's all like you say, where you came from, what you used to, uh, and and so very similar. Yep, Rod, I got to tell you, my eyes keep going over your shoulder there. Yeah, oh, the, the, the mount, <laughs> yeah, it's a cool mount, and, and and if you look straight on, it's almost three three dimensional. Yeah, and and uh, you know the long tails, three of them with the. And it's actually a, a, a lighthouse in there, you know, because we hunt on that North Atlantic with lighthouses, and and that's actually a picture of one of the lighthouses. And uh, so it, it was a cool moment. I was actually a surprise by uh, uh, a, a gentleman that does a lot of my taxidermy out of uh, Duluth, uh, uh, Brad Graber, and he, uh, he, 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 well, I I gotta tell you a funny story. Do it. Occasionally, I'll I'll grill steaks for the for the depending on what the the uh, uh, the chefs are saying that they want the next day. And and so I was kind of known for doing a pretty good steak. So I decided I was going to grill some steaks and grab, uh, Brad was here with a, with this. He surprised me with that. Wow. Well, I was almost choked up at this thing because it was so beautiful. And uh, I forgot the steaks on the grill. <laughs> they turned into hockey pots. Well, this is <laughs> like three years later. And, and every time that that guy talks to me and we talk about food, it's about the hockey puck steaks. <laughs> it it kind of ruined my reputation to the good steaks. So, so we ended up eating something else that night. <laughs> so, mm. so that cost a whole, the whole grill full of beautiful steaks right there. <laughs> I tell you, like I said, not, not, not that I'm not paying attention to you, but I, my eyes just kind of keep going. I was like, wow, it's, I've, I've seen lots of mounts. Every, you know, people yeah. send me pictures. I just it, regular just being online, looking, looking at taxidermy, you know, on social media and things. And, um, I don't know. I've seen a lot of flying birds. I don't know. I've ever seen anything like that. That's, that's, that's pretty cool. looking. It is beautiful. And, and, and as you might, you probably see 
with your with your uh, long tails. They do that that courtship flight where they're chasing the hen, yep. and and that's what that's stimulating. It really looks just like it, you know, a couple of drakes chasing a hen, and they're doing the the, the didos up and down, yep. and and so uh, it really was well done, yeah. well done, and, and that surprise when you don't know you you're getting something like that. Yeah, so, I was choked up. I really was. You talk about that nuptial flight. I, one of my, you know, taking a lot of pictures back in the days, and um, it was three drakes chasing a hen and i just kind of caught them as they all were banking and it was like that's it, it is a really cool thing to see see old old school do that for sure well I, you know when we do the 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 first uh, little speech that i do for all new hunters to come come to lodge and i'm sure you do the same thing when you take people out uh you know we talk about the different species and what to look for and identification and and i tell about that 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 flight and and if you see it what's going on and it's kind of a random pattern you don't know where they're going to go but i also say you know god created this beautiful bird that could uh, uh, fly like a fighter plane swim like a fish but forgot to teach it how to land because <laughs> <laughs> god will shoot at them and then the bird will randomly decide to land somewhere and it looked like they died because they just stopped flying and crashed and and then the first time anybody's sitting out there either in a layout boat or on a ledge or in the boat uh, and they see it they're like Oh, Captain, I, I, I know what you're talking about now. It looks like that bird died, and he's just fine. All he's doing is just landing, but he doesn't land well. Skip lots of times. 100%, <laughs> man. They just, they just stop. <laughs> they just, they just <laughs> stop flying. That, that is, that they, is very, very accurate. Yeah, they don't set in nice and pretty like the other, like the other seabirds. <laughs> 100%. Um, so you mentioned the duck water, Ocean 32. I happen to be in the outdoor studio today, and right there I'll sit on the boat lift is, is my 32. The world's largest duck boat that Steve Hoover makes. Um, I want to. I want to get into it. I want to tell a little bit of a story of how how I know you, um, <laughs> how we met. But I want to. I want to rewind a second and say, I, I make it a little bit about Steve Hoover. Um, I owe yep. him a phone. I owe him a phone call back. I was talking to him this morning. I had like, I, like I told you before. I, before we started this, man, I have like twenty two things going on at once, and I had to take another call, and I kind of I, I dropped Steve. I got to call him back. I'm sorry, sorry, Steve, because I told him we were going to do this, so he'll he'll be listening. But known Steve probably since about ninety nine or two thousand back back, and was when TD I I I sold TDB the duck boat for when they were still made in Maine. I sold them for a couple years, and Steve started making his fiberglass boats. And so I've known Steve forever. I've had Steve's number in my phone. You know, we, we, before, before I had the ocean, um, we'd see each other at shows. And I, I can recall, uh, the ODCCA Westlake decoy show, like Steve telling me you, you're going to be in my boat one day. I was like, I don't know, Steve. I don't know. You I went from, you know, the, I went from TDB I went to the banks 21. You beat me on this though, because I had the first 21 of banks. I had the first 25 and this is, happens to be boat number two you have boat number one and i can vividly remember in january i'm scrolling through steve's steve's instagram and he shows this picture of the world's largest duck boat you, you were in it you're operating it it's your boat i instantly text steve like steve what's up with this world he called me he's like man let this it's this and, and rod merritt iderpro.com rod's got the first one and and um i said man I, I'd, I'd be very interested and in, like i need to know more about this so he, he started emailing me he was kind of give me all the, the specs because I went on the webpage, checked it out, duckwaterboats.com, checked it out. And again, it was all your pictures there of you, of you and your boat. And so that 
that would have been like uh, mid January or so on. And the first week of February is the Harrisburg outdoor show, which Steve, Steve was there. I happened to be up there for two days and we started, you know, we, again, we, we talked and he's like, man, just here, here's Rod's number. He said, just call, Rod's a great guy. Call Rod up, you know, just talk to Rod. You want to, cause I said, I, I'll, if I was going to do it, I need to see one. I said, I just need to get in it, touch it, feel it. I need to get into it. And um, so I know you, you would, you'd still really kind of had yours in storage. And I guess I can't remember the exact date, but I will say it was in second, third week of April, probably that uh, you were, you were, you were kind enough to have me up. And um, I, I tell people, I said, man, I, I just wanted to touch it. And you're like, no, man, we're going for a boat ride. So, you, you know, you did, you launched it, took it, took me for a ride. And it was just, you know, came home to, you know, well, as soon as I got to the air that night, excuse me, because I spent the night, you know, talking with Karen, like, Karen, I, I, I want to do this. You know, I want to do this. And she was, wasn't hard to talk her into it, but you're very kind. And again, I, I tell everybody that you, you were more than generous to me to, to spend your time and to, and to take me again. I just wanted to look at it and you were like, no, man, we're going for a boat ride. So talk, talk about the world's largest duck boat. You go now. Yeah, I will. It, it, uh, it was fun, by the way. I, I, I reflect back on that. I, it was a pleasure. Uh, you know, and I'm not doing this because I'm on your show. You're a legend in the industry. Uh, you, you, you do a great job in promoting appropriately. And so it was a pleasure for me to. to You're very to, kind. To, Thank you. Well, it's the truth. And then, and then to go out there, <laughs> I want to reflect back on that day before I tell about how I ended up in the 32, uh, it is, uh, we got in it, uh, as anybody that hasn't been up here has massive tides and, and the, the, the ramp is a challenge sometimes. And, and, and I expect to take you for a pretty substantial ride. You know, we were going to go out around a place called Roke Island, out, a little bit in the open ocean. And, and we literally are out there five minutes. And you looked at me and he says, I got to have one of these. You know? <laughs> and so, so it wasn't, it, it, it wasn't the saw one because I get nothing of it, obviously, but it was just mm-hmm. a, a kind of smile. Now, now reverting back, I, I had gone from typically what guys have, you know, the typical 21 foot style boats and, and we, we hunt out of layout boats and different things and, and a lot of ledge hunting. And so the glass boats don't work as well for us specifically because of the ledge hunting. We literally have to nose these things up on ledges with uh, in the North Atlantic. So, so it, it really fit our style of hunting better to have something that's a little more substantial and will take a beating better. So, I kind of knew I wanted to go with with a depth water style boat, you know, a, a, something with with some heavy aluminum. And I decided that being in the North Atlantic, being the conditions we have, I'm gonna go as big as as I can and. I had seen or heard that Steve had had his marine architect uh, do all the stuff and had the drawing done for the 32. And I'm going to point here, like you, if you could look through that, that, that mount out there, the 32 is setting right there. There you go. <laughs> so so it, uh, it was a big gamble for me because I couldn't have the, the advantage that you had of actually feeling, touching, mm-hmm. making some nice tight turns and seeing how easy it was to maneuver. And, and, uh, it was a big gamble. So I knew the 28 performed really well. People were pleased with it. Uh, another four feet. I'm, and so I, I rolled the dice and I said, it'll work for me. Uh, and so I, I got it. And I remember traveling to Ohio to Steve's facility and the thing was done. And uh, had a, I have a three-quarter ton truck. I, I pull up there, the brand-new three-quarter ton ram. And my wife is sitting on the passenger side. 
we pull up to this thing on the trailer and her eyes get like this big and she says i think we made a mistake because <laughs> it's so huge and then and then how, how easy we towed it how easy it launched how well it went in the water we tested it in a lake right there in the fresh water uh it, it didn't take very long to go oh no we made a great choice and then one of the advantages that i didn't expect i knew it would be seaworthy i knew it would be strong i knew all those things was the performance was exceptional the turning surprised the crap out of me and then and then the one thing that i never calculated into it was where we go on ledges when you take and and the potential of hitting your prop is it's a changing field because that that massive tide we have you know where there wasn't a rock you know 10 minutes ago there could be a rock then out right where a 21 foot boat you put the nose against the guys get on and off you know you're 21 feet from from shore with this i've got a jack plate on it i've got that nose i mean i'm 30 some odd feet back there so now that that it, less likely easier to put guys in i'm a little more relaxed a lot more relaxed in putting guys in uh it, it is phenomenal for that purpose on top of all the other benefits so i i, I couldn't be any more pleased with my decision and it was it, and it was kind of a a roll the dice because sure. it wasn't another mm -hmm. so that's how, that's how the first 32 came to be right there that's a great story um my and it's maybe just my weirdness if you if i thought if you said hey jeff maine and sea duck hunting i think of a, a like a lund style boat like you know alaska lund like kind of that style that is that is the kind of style boat that i think that i would you know not that boats are necessarily regional but or st the style of gunning but i i would think of like an, a lund is what it, that's what i would think of a lot of the, the, the guys over the years that are, are, are top of the industry use the Lund Alaska. It's a great boat. It really mm -hmm. is. Uh, but there are things that this 32 duck water can do and it, that, that even a Lund can't. But it, I wouldn't take anything away from Lund. It's a sure. great boat. It's no, a very seaworthy I'm... boat. It's very maneuverable. It does a lot of things. But if you try to take uh, two double layout boats at the same time and six guys uh, uh i think you'd have a little trouble with any of the uh, yep. uh, uh, other manufacturers yep so um and and i'm gonna throw this out there i'm not my geography not, not a i'm this is from my opinion from my perspective mm -hmm. once you get to uh, on the east coast once you get to mm -hmm. new york city north it is very rocky there's ledges there's islands south like you know long island in new jersey south man it's flat and sandy there we don't there is no island you know there is there is not you know it's not like your style at all of a gunning for sure yeah it, it, you know and and not being experienced where you are uh, as years have gone by and get to know more people that gun down that way and other hunters you know clients that have have, have been hunting with you or or, or in the in what I call the southern region of, of seabird hunting, uh, uh, it, they tell me how you have to do it, and you don't have the option of the styles of hunt we have, and and tell you the truth, I don't have the options of setting up the way you do because of the massive currents and mm -hmm. tides. I, I think the other day when we were chatting, I was telling you about the massive anchors we use yeah. on our long runs, and and so 
it's interesting here we got the exact same boat pretty much with some minor differences and and they both work so well for both of us it, or, or, you know in a different way yeah 100 you would when you brought up the, your story about yes you know lisa sees it and you're like oh my goodness this is you know like <laughs> what did we do right each time each time with with when i've made the step up to the bigger boat i've always kind of thought the same thing of like is are the birds going to decoy as well as again my style of gunning is much different than your style and i, I want to get into your style of gunning but my i i boat hunt right all the time so each 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 step up in size i'm i was like is this going to be is this going to be okay is going to be okay and i i kind of had the same reaction as you drove out um new philadelphia ohio and like it, it was kind of so big, like the bow, the bow was hanging out of the, of the shop when I pulled up. Right. And I was like, you know, call Karen I'm, as I, as I was pulling in, I'm talking to Karen on the phone, like, Holy moly, Karen, this thing, this thing looks big. And I, I guess I, my, if I want to, if you want to say I was worried when I hooked up to it and towed out and I'm like, Holy shit, this is, this is big. I, I went down to the lake where I think the lake that you, you were on and I pulled, it was, I, I can remember vividly. I have the picture on my phone, but you know the the the, the trees are just beautiful, orange and all that. And like the boat, I stepped back, kept stepping back, stepping back, so I could get it all in the phone. And I'm like, holy moly, man! Like like like, what have I done? You know this this thing is freaking huge. And F three fifty crew cab, eight foot bed. It's not like the truck is little. I'm like, man, this is. I'm looking at the boat right now, but I'm like this this is this is this is big. So. But I totally, yeah. I totally agree with what you're saying on size. You, you're the only person probably that can sympathize with this. But we call it the traveling circus. If I, because I've headed out as far as Duluth, Minnesota, uh, out there to the Alphabet Waterfowl Challenge banquet, and, and I took it all the way out there. To, I actually towed it from the factory. I picked it up. It went straight to that. It, it, I timed it that way to unveil it, and sure. and it was it was hilarious we call it the traveling circus i remember particularly one time we stopped at a at, at one of the uh gas station you know uh, uh truck stops and everybody's coming out to get pictures with the duck water and asking what it is and finally all of the cashiers are out there and the manager steps to the door and he's screaming at the cashiers to get back in and and so he, finally one of the cashiers kind of reluctantly walks back in and he walks out and he says how am i going to get my picture without <laughs> so that's why we got came up with the traveling circus because you'd be riding down the interstate somewhere and people would be leaning out the window of the and taking pictures of it and then the two things get you know the waterfowl people recognize it as a hunting boat but uh, a lot of people think it's some sort of military boat <laughs> that's, that's agreed um so that, let's get more specific to your gunning like when is your season in maine well, it, it, they've changed it as they have pretty much nationwide. Uh, uh, this season, we start November 8th, and we go to the first week in January. So I think it's January 7th that it ends. Okay. So, so uh, uh, and we, our, our season now, as I think, believe yours, aligns with our puddle duck season, our regular duck season. So if you want to get black ducks, which is our primary puddle duck, and, and some of the other ducks, the, uh, you've got to, watch your limits and and uh uh the only duck that's outside that combined limit is really the mcgansas the mcgansas have their own limit in maine and and your geese but the but uh basically if you're coming up to go duck hunting and you want to get a black duck and you want to get you know uh, anything else 
remember if you're doing some of the stuff the same day, uh, save save a couple of ducks from you it, it, during that day, you know. So, um, and so yeah, that's that's how we it, it do it now. Now, last year it was different. You had separate limits for regular ducks, and, and I think you did too, didn't you? Yeah this this season this coming season will be the first year the Atlantic Fly where they did away with the special sea duck season. So yeah, our yep. uh, sea ducks and duck, regular ducks it overlaps some. Uh, but it was basically a straight 60 days for sea ducks last year. Um, but, but our regular duck season, we got three splits. So it's kind of, it'll, it'll be, it'll be broke up. I'm kind of, I'm kind of, um, I don't know. I think I'm going to enjoy it maybe a little bit more instead of doing the straight 60 days where we have a week in October, two weeks in November, mid-December, the end of January. So if for nothing else, selfishly, especially like those uh, late November and early December dates, I'm, 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 I'm planning on going someplace and, and do, you know, yeah. But between between October and November, we're going to PEI, Prince Edward yeah. Island, Canada. I say PEI all the time, like everybody should know what it is. But Prince Edward Island, Canada, and um, I, I might try to maybe try to get to Arkansas, maybe in the the, the second split, possibly. I don't know. We'll see, see how things work. But um, what is a typical typical day? How how you, I heard you already kind of alluded to that you you know rocks and layout boats, and that you don't hunt from the big boat, the world's largest duck boat. But uh, like, what's a typical day with you, Rod? It isn't that we never hunt from it. It's probably uh, the least often we hunt from it. And, and uh, again, it's a moving target with us. We hunt basically from the New Brunswick border uh, uh, up to Acadia National Park at MDI. And so we have a pretty significant piece of coast, probably down near 100 miles of coast that, that, that we, and we go wherever the birds are. So uh, we don't, uh, leave the, the duck water in the water or, or the only thing that stays in the water is the lobster boat and that one there we, we can move it depending on on the conditions and where the birds are feeding but uh, on a typical day I, I look at what people are looking for because again trophy hunters if you're looking for a certain species they don't always they're not always at the same spot they're not always feeding on the same thing so if you're looking for uh, white winged scoters we might go one place set up with a boat. If, you, if you're looking for an eider, you might be in a layout boat, you might be setting on a ledge where we, where we uh, uh, you know, come in and bring the nose of the, the duck water up on the ledge, let you off, set your decoys, and then we back off and give, uh, give you two-way radios. You, you communicate with us, we're off enough distance so we can watch you, it, it, but, but you let us know when you got birds down and, and we come in and scoop them up for you. So, those are a couple of the ways, like I said, it, yes, big boat hunting is a part of our repertoire, but, but it isn't our primary like you have to be, you know, because sure. if you got the ledges, I'm sure you'd use them too. Uh, the, the, one of the things that's changed a lot is the primary food for eiders uh, uh, was traditionally the mussels. And our muscle beds have been commercially dragged significantly. And so we don't have those giant muscle beds where, it brings, you know, three, four, five hundred eiders right in one flock right in a, a little condensed area. Good and bad. We, we've got what is an invasive species to us, which is a green crab. Ah. And, they, and so what it's done is spread the birds out a little bit. But that's fine because, you know, you get a flock of 200 birds come in. It really doesn't do you a lot of good. It sure. looks cool. Yeah. But you can't. It, it is a snow goose hunting, you know. And so, but if you get little groups of, of eight or 10 coming in at a time, then, then you really can pick out that trophy bird, get a little more fun, 
if you got you know a big group everybody can get a chance to whack away at birds so it's a it's not all lost by by them not seeing those big giant flocks on one food source so you kind of have to change with as the as the birds change and so we do a little of everything the other thing is we try to cater to as much as possible to the to the trophy hunter so right i've got, i've got guys that go uh um and get their eider and then we take them off and, and we'll go black duck hunting in the afternoon if that's what, if they have a really burning desire to get a you know a real uh, not a hybrid a, a full the full-blooded uh, black duck gotcha gotcha um in amongst this you've re referenced it a couple times um and i've had to I have had the, I guess I'll say the pleasure. I've had the pleasure of experience. I have not shot an eider. I've not duck hunted in Maine, but just to, over the border, I used to take advantage of the late February, uh, New Brunswick sea duck season. So the Bay of Fundy, there were, there was a big time tide. It was again, being here, I mean, shoot, our tide isn't even a fraction. Our complete tide is not a fraction of what your tide is in, in an hour. Right absolutely if you go on the eastern part we basically border the bay of fundy which is the biggest biggest tides in the world so you know a 20 foot tide is nothing for us uh, you know we have massive tides and and the uh, i'll tell you one quick humorous story as a as a captain and a guide you'll you'll get a kick out of it we leave before daylight to go set off like you do duck hunting many times and and so we go to this ramp we leave and and it was high water and the, mm -hmm. the water was pretty much level with the the you know so you could look right out and see your your vehicles in the parking lot typical of any other ramp well we go out and hunt and it, as it happened it was low water when we came back so you got this huge ramp that you, you're walking mm -hmm. up the float is is so you get this 45 degree angle you're walking up we get there and one guy says i'm not getting out here my truck isn't here and i'm like, oh, <laughs> oh yes it is and I literally had to tie my boat up, walk up, and point at his truck. And he, and you see this confusion in his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> it, it looks so different. So the changing landscape, the 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 currents, the tide. It's a very unique place to guide and hunt. It, you know that that I'm not going to say it takes special skills because I'm I'm sure you as a captain come up here in no time and you'd be you'd be adapting to it. But it is it is something that for the novice is a learning curve. Oh, 100 percent. I totally agree with that. Um, but it, it is. And, and for those that don't know, I mean, like you're saying 20 feet, I, I can say that the areas that we gunned in New Brunswick was like a 33, 35 foot tide. And in an hour's time, that's six feet of water. Like you're sitting there on the rocks, like watching the water and, and the guys, we went with uh, two different guys, guides. Well, yeah, they, well, it's another story about guides and guide licenses in New Brunswick. You can't hunt. I can't go there and hunt. You have to hunt with a, a, a guide. Um, oh, they, have two, they have two different guide licenses. One's the guide can shoot with you. The other, he can't. So anyway, long story short, um, that seems, and I agree with them. They like to hunt the incoming tide. So that's, it's, it is all about hunting the tide. And it's more of that. Basically you're, you're kind of like constantly pulling the decoys with you as you, as you're climbing up the rocks kind of thing. But I mean, you're sitting there on the rocks and you can see that the water is, is it is rising very quickly. I've had more guys in that, that, that first speech that I do in the evening in the lodge at the night before the first time. I, I, I tell the guys, keep your stuff. If you're setting on a ledge, keep it behind you. I tr try to put it right directly behind you so you bump it if you get up because you're going to have to move. 
And, it, and again, they're trying to absorb all this. And if they haven't seen it, it's so foreign to them. Because I've seen, you know, a, a, a brand new Benelli under a foot and a half of water, salt water, because somebody just sat there and they're eating their sandwiches, talking. And 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 the next thing you look down, the, the shotgun's under the salt water. So you know, that's something you have to be aware of. And, you, and so you need to be prepared for that. So it's something that no place else on the East Coast you're going to have to worry about. But here you do. 100%. Um, West Coast, my story would be, and it's partly my fault, partly not my fault, but um, we came, well, we tried, we set up on a shoreline. Wasn't really that good. So they had um, muscle cages. So they have like floating cages that have nets in them, and that's where they yep. grow their muscles, right? So we went out, we shot around around the, the, uh, the these muscle farms, the muscle cages, and the tide came back in, and I came back. Water was crystal clear. I came back in, and about three feet down is there's five thousand dollars worth of a Canon camera and lenses sitting sitting on the bottom. I'm like, holy moly! But I did ha I did have uh, an Oracle's policy, and they were insured, so kind of it ended well. But still, it was like it was definitely a shocker. I, I got to tell you something else too. The, I mentioned several times the, the the kayak thing. I started in the in the puddle duck season and playing around just personally and playing with the kayaks with the pedal drives you know you see mm -hmm. pedal them and they, they well i mean it's silly how easy it is and and i'm sitting here going this can't be legal uh, i'm like i'm doing something wrong so i literally called the local uh, uh wardens from from the main fish and wildlife and they're going no no it's human power so i says well it's got to be federally a problem so i call the federal wardens that are based in bar harbor and they they said the same thing no as long as it's human power you're good it's like sculling oh my god it's like cheating it's it's like cheating so i've played around a lot with that and it, it and it's a blast if you haven't had a chance to do it do it because i've got pictures of me uh, literally pedaling uh, pedaling up you know and you throw something over your legs so they don't see the movement sure so i like sculling and and a flock of items feeding and they'll separate and let you go through them <laughs> and it's like it, it, this is nuts this is absolutely nuts and so i said this has got to be illegal <laughs> but it isn't it isn't so it's kind of cool though to, to to play around with stuff like that all right this question is self-serving you mentioned arcadia arcadia national park is cadillac mountain worth checking out and seeing yes it is it, it really is uh it, it, national parks we have a lot of them uh it, as far as visited parks it's number two to yellowstone so that kind of gives you, uh, it's very congested. Route 3 is the only way in and out off the island. There's a lot of people, I'm talking millions of people go there during the summer. Uh, it is a beautiful place, like, breathtaking. You get that elevated position on top of the mountain, you can drive to the top and you see this panoramic view of any, when you're looking off there, a lot of that is my uh, uh, area where I hunt. Is, gotcha. is what, the distance. I don't mean right that's park, but I mean off in the distance you're gonna see for miles and miles these little islands, and that's that's my stomping grounds. I, I can't say it's the only reason that I want to go there, but I've been telling Karen this, and she's now since I've told her she wants to go, but it's it's the only it's the first place in the United States where you see the sunrise. Because yeah, you're, you're up so high, it's the first the first place it's gonna get sunlight on. Well, I always tell my hunters it, it, when you're when you're laying in the layout boat or in the duck water. And you see the sunrise, you're the first duck hunter in the United States to see that see, the sunrise. So the <laughs> same, same. If you do come, and this isn't because I'm on your show again, I've probably extended this invitation before. 
uh, you and Karen come and we'll go out in the duck water and we'll go play with the whales. We'll go out and, and have have a lunch and and uh, go for a ride and see some whales. She would enjoy that, I know for sure. Um, for, uh, Cadillac Mountain, unfortunately for me, man, like it's it's always they close it in the winter. I, or you, you know better when they close it, but I I guess basically just because yeah. icy conditions. I guess it, it is a pretty it's a pretty steep steep road to get up there, right? It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So I, I just the times that I've. Uh, well, the first time I attempted it, I learned, I just thought, show up and go up and do it. And they're like, nah, it's closed. Yeah. <sighs> That's closed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that wasn't, that, that kind of, that kind of bothered me. Um, hey, Beck, Beck, you mentioned the green crabs. Um, I've seen yeah. some crazy, we, we use them here for fishing too. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure there's some walking around somewhere, but I've seen, and I would say like maybe um, Massachusetts North where like there's, I'd, um, I'd call it a tump, but let's say a, a marsh that these things have just eaten totally underneath like there'll be a picture of these a guy taking a shovel and like opening it up the ground and they're just they're like they're like termites they're just everywhere it's, I've, I've never we don't i don't see them like that down here we we haven't got it like that yet but but uh, it has grown exponentially i'm i'm a little concerned because you know you got a fragile ecosystem and and uh, uh that's why i think it, it, having the local species the the, the sea ducks and such starting to feed on them is good because at least they have a, a, a predator and and so uh, but yeah we've seen a huge increase because they weren't native here i think what happened if i'm not and i and i'm sure some biologists will correct me on this but the it, it, my understanding is they were originally an asian uh, uh species and they were brought here for bait purposes and you know like any of fishermen they they just when they're done they throw them overboard or lost them and 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 they took hold and and so you know they're here we got to deal with it um it, it is a little bit of a an issue with a with our uh clam industry because the clam industry is pretty substantial here in massachusetts and and i guess they they do affect that you know mm -hmm. so uh, there are people concerned here about them uh and there's, but there's not a lot we can do and, and it's funny because these commercial fishermen that, that fish lobsters and, and conventional crabs to eat, uh, they're trying to find a market for these things because they will trap well. So if they find a substantial market for them someday for some purpose, I think, I think we could probably uh, uh, at least control the population. Sure. Let's see. Um, the ultimate waterfowler challenge, waterfowlers challenge. What's your, what's your association with them? Um, uh, just I enjoy uh, uh, them. They they uh, uh, donate a substantial amount of money for hunts for veterans, um, and and I like that. Of course, sure. uh, you know, big, big into patriotism and and owe, owe it all to our our veterans. And so sure. that 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 drew me to it. The other thing was I think it's just a blast because uh, the objective of this thing is to get all 41 game species in north america of ducks mostly the drakes there are a couple species where you really can't tell the difference you know like black duck sure. and so they, they count either one in that but the ones that are, are obviously different like the eider uh, uh the, you, the only the drake counts so they're looking to get one of that and then they move on to one of something else uh, it, it's a fun game. It's a big reward at the end. It's a huge accomplishment. I mean, I, I had a, a, a guy that's become a friend uh, out, of, out of Florida uh, and Greg Carpenter, and he got his 41st this year. And, and I mean, I was choked up just, just watching him. The, 
because it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. You spend a lot of time out there to get all 41. And so, a yeah. A bit of money too, possibly. Oh, a whole lot of money. So you, <laughs> you travel a lot. And, and just because you go somewhere that has a certain species doesn't mean you're going to get it. 100%. You know, if they're not flying good that, that day or days, you just don't, you, you know how that works. They're, they're wild game. And so uh, I really like the organization. I like what they stand for. Uh, I think our kids and our grandkids will still have ducks. If, if the more people that like doing things like that, everybody doesn't have to be out there for one bird, but I'm saying, you know, the, I still want to eat birds, but, but the, but this thing doesn't hurt. It really is a, is a good thing. I see a lot of fathers that have accomplished it, that are bringing their sons along now to get, see how many they can get on the list. It's, it's a cool thing. hundred percent. Um, and speaking of that kind of segue into what, like, you've kind of sort of talked a little bit about it, but what, what are rank for me, your, the species, I know you get a good variety, but like kind of, kind of rank the species in the, in the, um, the population what, what you have the most of and, and work down. Well, it, the, the eider is a, is a big one. We have, like I said, resident population and we have migraine. We have a ton of these, these cats right here behind me. Uh, I'm going to stop you one second. So eider, do you get, do you see many Kings? We don't, I don't think anywhere on the Eastern seaboard you do. You see occasionally, about every year, I uh, I lay eyes on one. Uh, not this year, but last year, I uh, well, yes, it was the last season we had the 2021 season. I was sitting in a place had people on a ledge. A group of of ducks came in, a pretty substantial group. They shot them and they bit off. And they went right by me, and and like the length of the duck water boat right beside the flock was part of the flock originally. Here's this full bloom king, and I'm like. <gasps> Oh, oh man, is that beautiful? Mm-hmm. And 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 they didn't recognize it. They, 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 I'm sure they would have tagged it. Oh yeah. And uh, you know, so so yeah, we see them just like you do. It's not a common thing, but we sure. do see them. I never encourage anybody to come here for the purpose of getting one because I don't have a huntable population. Gotcha, really. gotcha. You, you, there's a few spread here and there, like you have. You know, I believe you you, you wouldn't encourage somebody to come to Maryland oh. looking for a kid. I wouldn't no. encourage them to come to Maryland and shoot an eider, period. You know, I have guys ask that, and there's some years that we do. You know, we other Some years we see many, many more. We, we have shot some drakes before. Um, this past season, we or sorry, two seasons ago, we did shoot two first-year king drakes, and you could definitely you definitely tell them that that's what they were. But, yeah, I mean, it's just oh, yeah. it's like winning the lottery kind of thing, right? You're just – it's it's not it's yeah. not going to happen kind of thing. Yeah, you, you need to go somewhere else if you're going to target that specific species. Yeah, so we have a we have a lot of uh, of old squaws, and we have a, a pretty substantial uh, what's population. A, what's what's an old squaw? Long tail. A long tail. Okay, I, I, a long tail duck. I got you. Okay. <laughs> I know. I get it. I, 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 I still call them old squaw too. So I'm just I'm just messing with you. I know. I know. I do the same thing. The uh, and then we have all three species of scoter. Right. Uh, Surfs, white wings, and and your common or black scoter. Your black scoter, it's funny because it, the local terminology, they always, the, the old fishermen and the old guys, uh, they always call them coots. Mm-hmm. And, and we don't have coots. We don't have American coots yet. And and, and I laugh because we'll stop at a, a little convenience store or something. There'll be an old, a couple of old lobster fishermen in there and they'll say, oh, you guys don't coot hunting? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and if I say yes, I have to look at my hunters and go, yeah. You know, let them. It's yeah. the local 
dialect and terminology, they always call them coots. But uh, when I was young, the the black scotus, the common scotus, we shot a lot more of them, but it was because the season was earlier. We had a very, very early season. They migrate through here. So out of the three, that's the one that is least consistent for us, where you could probably kill a black scoter every year. You know, it, 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 and, and with me, I think that they, they get to you more consistently. I get kind of the tail end, and, and, and I think you, you have a lot better chance to get a black scoter, you know, Massachusetts South. That's my opinion. And, yeah. and, but yeah, we have, we have all five of the, what I call the East coast, uh, sea ducks. Yep. Uh, and I don't come to the, the, uh, the, but I would say 75% of the people come for, for a, uh, uh, an eider, but more and more of these, these guys that are trophy chasing, <laughs> I've got a foot here on the wall beside me, a beautiful mount of, believe it or not, of, uh, uh, a uh, red-breasted and a common McGinza drake, <laughs> and the, uh, uh, the uh, you can't imagine this elephant waterfowl challenge because we all, everybody that's waterfowl hunted their whole life has shot McGinza. It was partially from boredom, you know. The birds have flying, the McGinza comes in, wacky gets it right, and and so nobody concentrated on decoys. Or their feeding habits, they just were there. And you and you talk to people, they go, Oh yeah, I'm gonna get my McGanser easy. Well, nobody knows how to hunt them. So I've had to kind of spend a fair amount of time last time the last two years and figuring out where the heck these things are and actually get some decoys. If you let me step away, it just for one second, I'm gonna I'm gonna Yeah, do it, do it. Take yeah, just do it. I'll be I'll be out of the camera view, but I I can still hear you. It's all, it's, all, it's all good. I had to get up earlier and, and let the dogs back in too. And we're out here with me. No, I, I just want to show you these. Yep. These are the cool. Very nice. See the, see the, yeah. One of my hunters did these for me. Uh, he's a, a guy that does it just for enjoyment. And, and so he killed his, he was part of the, the waterfowl and that's the Drake. Very nice. And so, and he made these beautiful foam decoys, all hand done, and and, and so he killed his over it. By the way, McGansas will decoy well, <laughs> and so it's a it's something that's kind of fun. And being a fisherman, any fish eating duck, they're my nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> so, so speaking of that, a little just don't not take you off topic, but do you get many cormorants there? Oh. A ton. ton okay. Uh, Wasn't sure. The rivers, the estuaries are full of them. And probably I'm not going to be very popular amongst the <laughs> but when I was when I was a young man, I used to Atlantic salmon fish a lot, fly fish. And and it used to be legal that they would give permits to shoot to reduce the populace comrades in these estuaries where the young salmon were, were coming out. And and that's how I learned to be a good shot, I think, because the salmon clubs would buy us young guys uh, shotgun shells. If you could hit, they, you'd, uh, you'd be sitting on the bank and you'd be shooting these comrades and they were flying by and, and all of a sudden a brand new box of shotgun shells would be sitting beside you because you were, you were taking care of them. And we never had a shortage of them. You will never get rid of them. I, I just think controlling them a little bit might be, I mean, I have all respect to the world for our biologists. They do a 
overall do a great job and there's a reason but but man i'd like to see that population here because we're seeing them in the little beaver fluages and the little ponds and you know clean up on trout and all the other species of fish and 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 to control them a little bit wouldn't be a bad thing in my opinion gotcha but that's that's neither here nor there that, that's just my opinion you said fish eater so i had to i had to, I had to bring that up real quick uh puddle duck oh, yeah. you said black duck is your your uh, top top bird what 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 follows after black ducks uh, we've got, uh, unfortunately, we're getting more and more, uh, and, and it sounds funny when I say unfortunately, because my hunters joke with me, is uh, mallards. We're getting more and more of them, and I don't want to see them because they interbreed with our black yep. pack, yep. and, and I, I don't want the hybrids. I, I'd, I'd rather see a place you can come and still get a, a, a pure black duck, and that, you know, we have uh, both the blue wing and green wing teal. Uh, we have a, a real good population of wood duck. Uh, we get an occasional pintail. We get a few bluebills, uh, uh, you know, it scops. It, it, we get them. Um, you know, we have a good cross section of, of, of ducks. And, and just like anywhere else, you know, migrating species, the early season will have something a little different than the late season as you go on. The one thing that we find is the ones that stay, hang around late. I have a trick that, that, that people below me don't have the opportunity is these ducks that are fish eaters or diving ducks uh, we get an ice flow that comes out our estuaries that, that you know the ice is here and it goes from there to shore uh if you set up right at the edge uh, that's where the birds are going to be like a good example of the mcganza but but any of the diving ducks and so this ice flow works as a benefit we'll set right up around the edge of it and, gotcha. and, and you literally can set somebody up on shore and they'll go you know your decoys out i says i can if you want but you don't need them <laughs> the birds are going to come you know because they want to get fish that's under that ice and they can't live under the ice and they can't dive through the ice so they have to keep coming back and forth so this is where they land and they feed right on that edge here's um i'm going to turn it back to myself for a second if i if i tell you i want to know how much of a tourist this makes me if that i i plan my travel north well, definitely north and sometimes south through maine when Bob's clam hut's going to be open. <laughs> that doesn't make you a tourist. That makes you, that means you have good taste. <laughs> it means you have good taste. You like to eat. <laughs> I mean, for living in Maryland, I, I've, I've eaten, I, I should count. It probably wouldn't be hard to figure it out. I've eaten at Bob's clam hut quite a bit. You know, I, you know, it's nine, it's nine, nine and a half hours away from me. So. <laughs> but if, well, when, if you do stop in to, to, to stay a night or two with uh, Lisa and I, we'll make sure you guys get some, some clams right here. We'll, we'll do a big uh, uh, clam bake right here at, at the lodge. And thank you. It, Very kind. It's funny. You know how the, it, this is, this is funny. You know, I wish I had a picture you could, you could throw up, you know, how down South they have the, the, the shrimp boils or the cra crawfish boil. Yep. Well, we have our version, but we do it with Maine lobsters, and we'll, we'll do like 100 pounds of lobsters at a time and have this big thing. We do a bonfire, uh, get it down to a, a bed of coals, cover the, 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 the bed of coals with a, a layer of seaweed, turn around, put clams, corn on the cob, lobsters, cover it with another layer of seaweed, and then put a, a canvas uh, that we've dipped in the ocean with salt oh, water over the whole thing, and, and the whole thing steams. You flip wow. it off, take, take a pitchfork and throw the hot seaweed off and, and the steaming 
thing of, of, of seafood is there. That's our version of the southern uh, uh, crawfish boil. That's steaming awesomeness is what it sounds like to me. Oh, it is. It's, yeah. it's great. It's kind of a, a fun thing. It's a local thing. It's, it's just fun. Circle back to birds. You had said you don't have the muscle beds quite that you did, so you don't see the big rafts of eider. What, what, do you, what do you think the state of the eider population is? It's harder to get a count because of the, of the I, I don't think they're what they were. I, I'm, I'm a proponent of the fact that we need to uh, trust the biologists that, that, that they're down a little bit. You know? So I, I, I do think that we need to make sure we, we take care of our resource. And uh, I, they're, they're far from in trouble. But I think we need to be cautious and make sure that we that we manage them properly because, unlike puddle ducks, where you could where you can make more nesting habitat by making more wetlands, the nesting habitat for our seabirds are set in stone, and so so they can produce what they can produce, and so we need to make sure we listen to the experts and and I think we add down a little bit. That's uh, well, that was that um, I guess two two Februarys ago, you know, COVID wouldn't help it out anyway, but um the the season well it would have been right before covid that was the that was the last season for the new brunswick new brunswick eider and but you know special excuse me it's a the special sea duck season which basically there it's just it's just eider but um um you know jeff from pei we talked about he and i had hunted new brunswick in february one time we talked about you know, maybe trying to trying to do it and just couldn't really find anybody to take us because they were they were saying that there really weren't as many eider, you know as what as what was well, and I don't want to second guess anybody else because there's some great hunters and guides in, in that area. But one of the things that I've seen here is, is people that aren't willing to change with the, the food choice the change uh, have struggled killing birds because they go back to their old stomping ground. You know, if, a, if you grow a cornfield and you hunt deer over that cornfield and they don't grow corn there anymore, Probably you shouldn't hunt that, that that piece of land. You should probably move somewhere else where there's food. Well, this green crab thing has made it so places that I never saw eiders in my life, never saw them. Now there's eiders there in, in huntable numbers. And it, mm. But some of the old stomping places, there are, are few to none. So it, I think it's transitioned some in the hunting part of it. And some guys look out and they go, there should be 100 eiders right there. And there isn't. And, and I think a lot of that is, is, is a food source uh, uh, change. It isn't everything, but, it, but it, it does impact the perception of the birds to the guy that's hunting. You know, he had the place that his grandfather took him and his father took him and, 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 and those aren't necessarily good places now. Understood. Um, I've got a question for you about um, your main well, is a master is the word master in your guide guide's license? Uh, yeah, uh, so it's uh, a registered guide. That's it. That's it. I, I, guide. Yeah, okay. I was gonna registered. say I was gonna try to say it exactly the way it was. I remember I, I couldn't remember yep. the percent there, but so your license, like from what I'm told, you can tell me yes, no, correct. But I mean, like when you get that license, it's it's a a guide's license for any any type of hunting that you could do, right? So you have to. Like I'm, I'm just interested in in sea ducks, but like you all, you have to know the regulations for, let's say, a moose. Like that, that it's it's moose and bear and everything else that someone could hunt, right? Our license is far from a gimme. It, it's funny because I go to places where you just go buy it like you would a fishing license. 
you know, in other states. That's that's one hundred percent. I was going to say that's all it is. Is I write a check. That's basically the requirement. Yeah. Do I have the money to pay? <laughs> With us, we have background checks. We have uh, 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 extensive written tests of the laws and and things. And then and then you turn around and you do an oral board from anywhere from three to five people uh, that normally would consist of somebody in in law enforcement, uh, some experienced master guides that have been around for years and so on. And they and they put it to you. I mean, they'll take it. They'll have little swatches of, of either feathers or or uh, fur and you'll get to touch it and go and look at it and go, what animal or bird did that come off of? And then they have pictures on the wall. It might be just the silhouette of a of a, a waterfowl, and go. Is that something you can can show? And on and on and on. And it, in you have, uh, uh, the, it's an extensive thing about handling emergencies and how you do it. And they put it to you, and the, and and it isn't as far from a gimme. A lot of people fail it multiple times before they go back and actually get it. So you have you can't just you get to study for this thing and. And uh, and I, I think it's a good thing. I really do because uh, yeah, it's a pain in the butt when you when you try to get it. But it, on the other hand, uh, you know, you're you're in some big woods up here, and if you're out there, you want to know this person knows what they're doing. They're not going to get in trouble. If something bad happens, they know how to handle it. And so the these are important things. And I think the overall, the main guides have a good reputation nationwide. Overall, I mean, it, 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 I, I think it's been good, and and most states recognize us uh, uh, as far as uh, if I want to go get a guide's license. A lot of states will take my fact of get a main license, and I want to get it. They'll uh, instantly you can get it. Yeah, your your main license does mean something. The story that I was told, and again, just secondhand, but a good friend told me the story. He he likened it. It was harder to get that license than for us to get our captain's license. He's like. And I, oh, yeah. I, I studied, I mean, to me, the captain's license was, was a, that was a test, right? He's like, oh, yeah, sure. he's like, it's harder than that. It, it is. Oh, it's significantly harder. Yeah. His example was basically he wanted to guide waterfowl. And his example was, I had to know on September 25th in zone three, what, what moose could I shoot? And he's like, I like yeah, like what was I don't, what does that mean to me, man? Like, I, you know, that's he's like they don't they don't have any specialties at all, and and uh, yeah, it's a it's it's the real deal. It really is. It, 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 if you watch if you watch Naked and Afraid, yes, okay, they had a guy that was a main guide on there, and I believe he was in Florida. <laughs> and this guy, by the time he was done, he he'd caught alligators and catfish and all this stuff. And you know how they have the how much weight they'd lost. I don't think he lost any weight, and he he's like offering the the, the cameraman jerky on the way out, laughing. <laughs> I did not <laughs> see that. Oh yeah, you gotta you gotta Google it and find it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I didn't see that one. <laughs> um, and and maybe you know my September twenty fifth for a moose in zone three is not ac- You know, it doesn't. That's not accurate. But that was the, the analogy. Is it it's it's tough, man. Like and it and it happened to be something that he had no interest in, you know. Like I, I'm not gonna go shoot a moose or I don't, you know, I'm not gonna guide. Not that he wouldn't shoot a moose, I'm not guiding moose. Right. That's not what I'm doing, yeah. you know. Yeah, no, so. and, and 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 I'm a good example. I'm on the ocean, but I also moose guide. So, you know, but but I don't a lot of other things I don't guide, but mm-hmm. I still had to know I actual license, I can guide trappers and I don't you know, yeah, I don't do that. You know, so it's it's pretty it's pretty uh, extensive and, and it's challenging, but it's rewarding when, when you get it done. 
it like it means something when you when you put the patch on your shoulder yeah 100 percent. that's that was that was i i totally agree with again i, I was told the story i believed this i believed the story that i was told but i just wanted to ask you just to see if like what your what your version what your take on it was that's all no it's a real deal it's a real deal for sure. so are you gonna get are you gonna get a hold of steve hoover and tell him that he needs to make a, a larger duck boat <laughs> I, I don't know I, I i think 32 is enough but you never know <laughs> you never know I, I they thought i was crazy when i bought that one as probably people thought you were mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah i i never say never <laughs> i don't know if steve has any plans for for a, a 34 or a 36 or not <laughs> i had somebody tell me they were gonna get hoover to make like put a pulpit or something on it just so they could you know <laughs> so it would be longer <laughs> yeah oh yeah <laughs> i said everybody was joking because you know when you were telling about world largest duck boat he says go ahead and just 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 weld a little exactly. something right on the tip of it <laughs> yeah I, I use that i use that saying i mean I, I say it all the time and and people so you again i'll say you have hall number one i have hall number two there's a hall number three so it's when i say it i'm not really referring it, first off, it's just, well, and first yeah. off, it's it's Steve Hoover's. He that's his that was his that's, that's where awesome. I learned it from. He said this is the world's largest duck boat. So I just keep I keep going on with it. But people sometimes think that you know this mine is the only, and it's not. There's at least you have you had number one. This is number two, and there's at least number three, if not four. I I know you 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 host. This is your show. You host it. But I want to ask you a question. Well, were you impressed with the turning of that thing? Because I expected it to turn like a barge, and it doesn't at all with mine. No, and it's it's really so some a little bit of the history um, on I don't know all all the lines that Steve Steve produces, duckwaterboats.com. Um, Hal Whitaker happens to be the naval architect that it's a you know computer designed boat right, and he's right in Annapolis, Maryland. So um, oh. there was something I wanted to change, and I called Hal, and and he, like he can do it was it was he was he's a very intelligent guy, and um, I was I t I told him I I had some. I guess I'd already gave Steve the deposit because I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have not got in touch with Hal before that. But, um, I did, I did kind of riddle, riddle him on some questions and, you know, he's, he's, he was not that he shouldn't be proud of, but he was pretty proud of like how, you know, how it's made the design of it. And he went through a lot of, a lot of the different features of it. He was actually videotaping when I was testing around that lake and you could hear him in the background, just like a little kid at Christmas. It was like, look at that thing. go, look at that thing turn. And, it, and you could tell it was genuine. It wasn't, any big ad it was just mm -hmm. he was he was impressed with how good it was, and i was i was yeah. i come back with a big grin on my face and and by the way i, I i'm sure somebody's gonna notice my accent you know <laughs> what accent <laughs> yeah what accent? <laughs> um what was i gonna say oh so uh this past season for me in the 32 was it the third year and year season number one, I'd tell Steve, Steve, I've never taken a wave over the bow in the ocean. Season number two, see, I could say the same thing. And about halfway through last year's season, I, I actually called Steve and told him, I was like, Steve, I, I, you know, I always told you I've never taken one over the bow. Today, I took one over the bow. So, <laughs> did you really? I really it did. It was standing up, huh? Yeah, it was just, it was just a big swell. Well, kind of you know, breaking a little bit, but it was a big swell. But they were like just really close together, and it, and it was. I mean, and I, 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 I'm an old old guy, man. Like I just put around. It wasn't like I was going fast, but it was just trying to get back to the decoys. And like one one actually came came over the bow, and, and I was I was I was kind of shocked actually because it's it's got a big old. I'm looking at it, it's got a big old bow on it, you know. 
Oh yeah, no, I've I've never had that happen, and and maybe do like you say the frequency of the wave, mm-hmm. you know how close together they were, and 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 I think down there, and you're not far from the Chesapeake where you're where you're, uh, and and you have some big long flats, don't you? The uh, shallow water that that you're hunting in sometimes. Um. Well, so the the mouth of the Chesapeake Bay is is got to be a good. I should know the exact mileage, but it, it's it's a good 150 miles south of Ocean City, so it's still it's still a ways down. Um, but the, the big thing is, again, like I said about, you know, from my definition from New York City north, how rocky it is, and from New Jersey, Long Island, New Jersey south, it's flat and sandy. When, when we go out the inlet, you know, like there's no there's no question that we're in the ocean. It's it is the ocean, and it's there's there's nothing else out there. And uh, you know, I think we, I think I think it stands up more for you guys than it does us in some places because. I think we're probably a little deeper, quicker. I'm guessing. Well, that and it just really kind of depends too. Like what 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 the winds, you know, what are there any storms offshore, and and what the wind does. I, I always say wind makes waves, you know, and it's just, you know, if you get you could have a northeast breeze, that it would be big. When I say breeze, I mean you know northeast. It's 10, 10 knots, you know, ten to fifteen knots. That it, if it's been doing that for twenty four hours, there's probably a pretty good a pretty good pretty good wave out there versus if you had northwest that is blowing 20 to 30 knots like it's almost right off the beach it's almost flat just because of you know the way the way the wind works you know so it's really it's really all about like my in my my opinion it's kind of the, what has it been doing you know prior and and what's what's it's more i'm more concerned about the wind direction uh, where wind direction is 90 percent for us the other thing is with us because of the massive water movement with the tide Mm-hmm. Our bays, people perceive the state of Maine, the coast being north and south. It's really east and west, the coast is. So all the bays set north and south, the series of bays. And so a southerly wind is our nemesis, uh, coming straight in from the ocean up the bays. Well, if you have an outgoing tide and that southerly wind, it will stand up. So I've been hunting with guys before, and I'll say, we got to go. And they'll, you know, and they'll say, well, it doesn't look that bad, Cap. And I, I says, it will in a boat. 20 minutes by the time we pick up and get you ashore you will not want to be out here and and sure enough you sometimes i'll take them so they peek around the corner so to speak so they can see it afterwards and they go how did you know that was going to happen well <laughs> a lot of years of being on this and and it's that tied against the wind and in those bays where it's shallow and it will stand up so yeah. you know that knowledge of that keeps you out of trouble and and the one thing i always tell everybody no ducks worth dying over and and so as big as the 32 is uh the titanic went down 100 you, know, you know so you you get you you've got to use respect with with mother nature in the north atlantic with your sea duck hunting have you ever used dogs yeah i, I it's very rare and i don't generally i've got a he's around here he's a a, a fox red lab uh I use it more for just puddle ducks, retrieving, gotcha. you know, mallards and black ducks. Uh, the style of hunting we do, it's more for show if you mm-hmm. do it because you, you're in the boat. The birds, you, you, you just ride in and get it. Uh, so uh, the the short answer is no, really. I, I have just to get some pictures. If a guy wants to bring and get pictures with, with and it happens often, sure. uh, guys will bring their dog and would like to get a picture with them retrieving. I have the the dog platform on the 32 just in mm-hmm. case, uh, and and uh, we have places where you can put them on ledges. I'll tell them places if they specifically want that. There there are places I get where the current isn't so extreme that the dog will get in trouble. And we if that's the case, I always hang close by 
in case the dog gets in trouble, I can uh, I can get the dog uh, uh, safely. So sure. it, it it isn't really necessary as far as seabird hunting. Gotcha. Um, and kind of where I was sort of going with that question is, do you, do you get white sharks? Yeah, uh, uh, we it, not during the duck season. I haven't seen one, but uh, but this time of year when we're out cruising around, the, 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 there'll be some of the great whites out there. Wow, nice. Yeah, we, I, I know something that, that surprises a lot of the guys. I'm sure you see the same thing. We have a lot of seals, and when they pop up in the in the in the decoy rig, the guys like, "What is this?" Especially when they're they're in the they're in a layout boat and they're looking face to face with a seal. <laughs> yeah, we we don't we don't it's it's a it's a big deal here to see a seal. We just don't see that many of them. But a uh, quick little anecdotal story. What's that? I'm sorry. We see them all the time. All the time they they the time. come out and they'll actually. I had one last year just bumping the decoys. He was he was inquisitive and he kept looking at the decoys and the guys were videotaping it. Mm. Yeah. My my quick little story is it, it it was sea duck hunting, and it was way out, actually um, east of Ramouski, Quebec, on the Saint Lawrence. And we were shooting eider. Mm -hmm. It was in October shooting eider. There was there was quite a few quite a few eider there, and uh, my old dog Coot was retrieving them, and she came back with one and had a had a had a seal pop up. I think it was like kind of winding her kind of thing. Like what's, you know, what's, what's going on. Didn't ne ne they never made contact or anything, but the seal did pop up while she was retrieving an eider. Uh, seals will take a, a, a crippled bird. They'll, yeah. it, it, we, we lose several birds a year to, to seals, you know, and uh, that's why we try the guys, like if the birds are flying good and we're in the boat and they're on a ledge and they get birds down. I say, you can let the birds lay there, but if there's a seal in the area, call us to get it or you have to lose your bird because sure. the seal, seal will take it so they they will take down birds here is there any look uh, well i was going to ask you about your 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 your, your guiding like much like you are guiding like me no well not like me but we, we're guiding so I, yeah. I don't i don't get to shoot i was going to ask you is there is there a, a specific main hunt that you were on and or that you guided on that would be would is something something that stands out in your mind when you were sea duck hunting whether it's whether it's you sea duck hunting yourself or you know a guided trip <laughs> oh man <laughs> as you can it, it, you you know why i'm laughing right now there's been hundreds of them and well, how about and a story I, how about a story how about something that you can tell yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Not something you can't tell. How about something you can't Oh, man. Uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the, uh, specifically. Uh, uh, the, uh, most of them, I can't tell the story. <laughs> Understood. Okay. Well, we, 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 it, it, it's usually something that is profanity involved in. <laughs> Understood. Uh, I, I do. It, it, it's a... Uh, um, Trust your guide story. Trust and, your guide and, story. And, and trust your guide story. I've learned that a long time ago, hunting myself like you have in different places around yep. North America. Is is you hired the guide for a reason. You got to trust him. And and even if you think you know, you might not. Uh, I've been on the opposite side of that and thought, and then through observing through the day, oh, this guy really knows what he's doing. Well, I, I had a a day where we couldn't get out to our best spots and this particular gentleman was insistent that we go to that the, the spot that he knew of that he had hunted before and the other guys were not being very kind and, and and trusted my judgment right finally it was late in the season i was probably my my tolerance for for things probably weren't where 
<laughs> and I, uh, I says, I went right in and I says, you in the boat with me, the guy. And, and so he hopped in, I says, we're going out and check this just in case we, we rounded a point and within a minute and a half, he was laying on the deck crying like a baby and said, captain, take me back. And I said, you sure? Are you sure? Are you absolutely sure? I took you back. He, he, he came and apologized to me afterwards. And it, it was like, I don't, you know, I, I want you to have a fun hunt. I want you to get birds. If it was safe and, and, and logical to take that whole group out there, I would have. And he says, now I trust you. But the, <laughs> that was probably a bad choice on my part. I didn't put him in any danger, but it was sloppy enough so that a novice was, was, was very impressed with how much the, the 32 would take. At, at, at the very at the very least you made your point with him right yeah probably not appropriately i wouldn't do that i the uh yeah the cdef last year before last i i i got in a moose hunt that turned out being pretty uh incredible it, it, it was a 50 plus inch bull and i i called him in within 15 yards and 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 it was exciting was to say the least he was mm -hmm. i challenged him with calling and and he was blocked so i couldn't see husband and wife did a great job nice and called him in and and that was something that was memorable right there in the hunting field in the in the sea deck world is a thousand off <laughs> but mm -hmm. wow <laughs> the 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 seal stories like you said the uh, the the guys calling up all panicked and they think a seal's a great white because they've never seen anything alive in the water that big, mm -hmm. you know, because they came from the Great Lakes, so you know, it's inland, and and just never seen the big things that are in the ocean. It's and, all relative. It's, it's all relative. I've seen guys get me out of here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, it's not a great white. It's just a seal. He isn't going to bother you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Rod, how does someone get a hold of you? What's the best way for them to contact you to uh, to book a hunt? Yeah, the the uh, uh, you can go to idapro.com, the website. Uh, best thing to do is call me. Uh, it's 207-598-8511. It's on the website. Don't hesitate to call me. I don't mind getting calls. I'll talk hunting with you. You can ask me a million questions. There's no dumb questions. Um, if we haven't talked about it here today, it, 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 we, it, we'll talk about it with you. You know, people ask the same thing they do you, Steve, sure. both the shot size and, 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 and all the other things. And, uh, uh but, uh, it's, yeah, I got a question for you. I know you want to end shot size. What do you say? Smaller is better. Same, same. Okay. <laughs> Just want to make sure we're on the same yeah, path. They, they, they can't, <laughs> okay. I like a better pattern than larger shot. Shot density, get that headshot in there. Yep, yeah, 100%. No, great. 100%. But, but, uh, yeah, 207-598-8511. I'm on Facebook. I'm on, uh, um, uh, um, I have a website, just uh, idapro.com. Uh, feel free to call me. Even if you're not going to book a hunt and you want to ask something about it, I don't mind. You're on Instagram and too. I'm on Instagram too. I, I put a lot of just stuff up there, just fun stuff. But yeah, you, you can see me on Instagram too. Uh, you uh, Follow me out there, bass fishing. I, I'm out there uh trying to do a good job doing that a lot of fun and uh but we'll enjoyed this call with you yeah man thank you I, i'll get you we'll we i will get you back on again we'll talk some fishing next time how about yeah that'd be a blast that'd be a blast i'd like to 
I'd love to ask you some questions about your saltwater skills because you, you, I guarantee you kick my butt at that. I don't know. The, um, I used to guide fishing. Some people know it. Some people don't. And it's, it's, it's tough, man. Like it's, it's, uh, we have a flat, flat fish called a flounder, right? Yeah, we have them. Okay. Like a halibut, what, you know, same, yeah. same thing, right? There's laying there eyes, two eyes are on one side of the face. And that's, that's a predominant fish here that you, you could catch maybe not big ones, but at least it's, it's catching, right? It's not fishing, it's catching. And the first thing, the first thing I would do is when I get a bite, a little bait caster, I just hit the button and let, let, let the line go every, you know, count to t five, six, seven, eight, and slowly and, and, and he's there, right? Everybody I take, as soon as they get jerk and jerk, like, oh man, like I, I just, I did it for, I guess I did it for four years, but man, I, I did not, I enjoy guiding ducks on, you know, sea duck hunt, duck hunts, brant, waterfowl hunting. I did not enjoy guiding fish people. Just, just didn't. I, I have a close friend. He comes from Gloucester, Virginia. Not, not a great distance from you yeah. in a straight line. And he, Mike Nicely. He, he showed up here and, and I'm always, he's coming up this year to just do some fun fishing with. And, and we, I'm always telling him maybe a story or two. It might be exaggerated. And, 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 and he doesn't know when I'm telling the truth or not. I'm always playing jokes on him. Well, we're out there one day and I'm talking about flounder and halibut. And I said, you know, both eyes are on one side of his body and at least, and he's like, bull crap. And he, and he, he's, and because I've got him on the run, so I, I play it on. And finally, we get back to the lodge and, 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 and I bring it up again. And everybody in the room starts laughing because obviously, as you know, <laughs> I was telling the truth. Mm -hmm. And he finally had to pull a picture out and he's going, you son of a gun, you got me again. <laughs> That is a good one. Um, I just, I just got dye do all over me. Um, that's right. Yeah, I'm good. Um, I'm doing myself. <laughs> there you go. Nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah, we need to. I'll get you. We'll get. We'll, we'll hook up about talking fishing one time. And yeah, it, no problem. I just had something. Oh well, I'm going to do a shameless plug before I end this. That's if that's all right. Go for it. Go for it's, it. It's going to be today is uh, July 14th. Next Tuesday night at 7 p.m., it's going to be the first Grip It and Rip It live. We're going to go on Zoom live, Karen and I, and uh, it is free. All you need to do is get the link. I'll put the – I'm gonna, first off, Rob, Rod, I will put your links down below here on YouTube. I'll put it here as well as – well, not all, the, not all the podcast formats I can put links, but definitely if anybody's watching this on YouTube, your, your link will be uh, first thing below, and then the second thing below, I'll have the link to the, um, the Zoom link meeting the live for the first live grip it and rip it so that's my little shameless plug karen got on me the other day because i i did something and i i never even mentioned the grip it grip it and sip it did i say grip it and rip it grip it and sip it so there that's, happening. That, that, that's happening <laughs> that's happening next that's happening next tuesday july 19th so any last closing comments you would like to say well it's a pleasure and it, it was a pleasure being with a legend Wow. in the industry he really is yeah. and and you're you're a gentleman and uh, it, from the first day we met it, it, there was seemed to be some connection there and i think we've got some lifelong friendship and i appreciate being on your show well rod i appreciate you and i tell everybody that when i tell the story of the duck order you're you're right in the story you're right in all my duck boat stories you're right in the mix there so captain rod merritt eiderpro.com Appreciate your time, man. Episode 
38 of the Pit Boss Podcast is done. As always, thinking of you, we are. Yeah.